Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you, 136 in Edmonton. The Edmonton Eskimos are in action tonight against the BC Lions with a uh, distinctly Edmonton flavor dating uh, to the days of Rick Lalasher, uh, at one time the uh, CEO of um, the Eskimos organization. Uh, when believe it or not, yours truly did a little bit of uh, silent work for them back in the day. Uh, and uh, Rick later went to work with uh, horse, was the chair of Horse Racing Alberta for a number of years. He's back in BC. Ed Hervey is with the BC uh, organization. There's several former Eskimo players there as well. And uh, the Edmonton Eskimos go into the game with a record of 1-1. One and one. We are pleased to be joined by the general manager of the Eskimos, Brock Sunderland, who... Uh, is going to join us here momentarily on Oilers Now. As soon as I switch, there we go. That should work. Brock, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. Uh, I was down in uh, Texas last weekend. I didn't get a chance to see the game. I saw a large part of your uh, season opening uh, victory in Winnipeg, which was a strange one itself. Um, is that, you know, the loss against Hamilton, is that just a byproduct? That, hey, we're early in the season and, you know, things happen and you're trying to build during the course of the year? Or how would you sort of define what occurred last week? Uh, I think... They just played a great game. They outplayed us, and I think we need to give them credit. Uh, they're professional athletes. They, they all get paid. They have a coaching staff, a general manager, so on and so forth. And, um, they took it to us. You know, We're not going to run from that or shy away from it or stick our head in the sand and pretend that they, they didn't do that. We certainly need to get better in some areas, but uh, they simply just outplayed us from start to finish. I don't ever want to use injuries as excuses, and, and Brock, the Oilers have missed the playoffs 11 of the last 12 years, and injuries have played a factor in some years, but I know you had to make a couple of ratio changes to your lineup this weekend, and, and I'm wondering whether or not that's partially in terms of maybe what got exposed last week in the loss against Hamilton. Well, I, there's a lot of moving parts to it. I'm not going to get into real specific details. Uh, the biggest thing is we're always going to put the roster out there that we, we feel gives us the best chance to win, that's ultimately what it came down to. 
Uh, you know, watching uh, C.J. Gable play back in college, I always had a lot of time for him. You picked him up in the deal from the Ticats. Uh, is it fair to say the Eskimos haven't been able to establish the... And I have a theory in the Canadian Football League that you use the pass to set up the run, and in American football, you use the run to set up the pass. But is it fair to say you'd probably like a little bit more balance in your lineup because you got the two top two receivers in the league, but you haven't exactly been able to pound the ball yet? Well, I think uh, you want to establish the run and, and use it when it's needed and, and be able to go to it whenever you want as opposed to be desperate and try to just force it, force it, force it. So. A lot of times, it's the nature of the game. I mean, last week we were down the whole the whole game, so that takes away some of the motive to run when you're down. Right. And you want to feel a little bit more, so that plays a part of it. Um, the other part of it, you know, if you go back to Winnipeg, they have a pretty good front seven. So um, I think I think that'll come again. It's week two, and you know we have 16 games left, and CJ is a kind of a pounding type of running back. So you know, I think eventually he's going to get his yards, and, and that'll be effective. You know what? I think oftentimes goes unnoticed because it's not a stat, is how well he's been blocking. So even though he's not running for 150 yards every game just yet, uh, his pass pro has been second to none. Yeah, so if you guys get up in a game in the third quarter by three touchdowns and you, you know, you've got to possess the ball, he, he becomes a fourth quarter uh, running back, kind of like Mike Pringle is back in his heyday as well. We're joined by Brock Sunderland. He's the general manager of the Edmonton Eskimos. Brock, is this going to seem, I mean, it's, you were in Ottawa, but a lot of the guys that are with this BC organization have an Edmonton flavor to it. It's going to make for a unique game tonight, isn't it? Well, there's, it's going to be some, some kind of competitiveness because you always want to beat your people that you know and friends and former teammates, certainly. But it's pretty common in this industry that that happens. And if you look at last year, I brought over some Red Blacks, and Jim Pot brought over a lot of Alouettes to Toronto. And and it's frequent, even other leagues. I know when, when Bill Belichick went from the Jets to the Patriots, he took a lot of people there. And then when Eric Mangini went back from New England to New York, they brought a ton of Patriots. So... It's common. You bring people that you know, that know the system, that you have familiarity with, that you know as both players and people. So uh, this isn't certainly unique to, to BC in this year. I'm not sure if it was an NFL Network doc or if it was an ESPN 30 for 30 on the Cleveland Browns. You mentioned Mangini uh, mm-hmm. on the Cleveland. Do you ever see that on that Cleveland Browns coaching staff? There's you know a couple guys that went on to be NFL general managers. Uh, I did. Yeah, uh, the one guy uh, was was at one time the water boy for Taylor Hall's dad, Steve Hall. When his, oh, his dad coached in, I'm trying to recall where, uh, Dimitrov, uh, Thomas Dimitrov, was on with that group. Was, that's an unbelievable story in terms of that whole coaching pipeline that was all part of Belichick's staff in Cleveland, wasn't it? It was, and, and one of those people was Mike Tannenbaum, who hired me in New York, and then I was there with Mangini, so I heard a lot of behind-the-scenes stories of that year in particular when they, the year before they went to the playoffs and kind of thought they had that thing going. And then midway through the 95 season, they announced moving to Baltimore and trying to keep a team and an organization together when you know that you're not going to be at that place. It was pretty interesting. Yeah, interesting stuff. We've seen in hockey and soccer a movement to more offense, uh, right? Like just the coaching's different today than ever before. Uh, you know, the Swedish hockey system's producing a ton of defensemen that are allowed to make mistakes, and then the kids aren't, uh, you know, beaten down and, and built up. Uh, certainly in college football, because of the spread option, uh, you know, you've got wide-open games, high-scoring games, almost like basketball scores at times. CFL scoring has been a little bit down compared to what it once was. Any theories as to why? Yeah, I think defenses are just adjusting and, and being a little bit more creative. And a lot of teams are trending to try to play more Americans on the defensive side of the ball. 
I think that may help a little bit because a lot of those players are coming from the NCAA playing versus those spread, and that translates to the CFO game more than the NFL game. So I think that's a bit of it, um, but it'd be hard to drill down and specifically say why. So how many American starters, just for our listeners right now, Brock, or sorry, how many Canadian starters, is it eight that you have to have? No, seven. Seven. Was it eight a couple years ago? Nope, it's always been seven. It's always been seven, eh? Okay, well, it's interesting stuff. We wish you the best of luck tonight against the uh, BC Lions, and thank you, Brock, for taking time to join us here in Oilers Now. No problem. Thanks for having me. You bet. That's Brock Sunderland. He's the general manager of the uh, Edmonton Eskimos. And I'll, I'll be honest, it's not... Uh, I, Brandon, you worked, the, you worked the games. I still care about the team because I'm from Edmonton, and that's my team. But I've, I watched half of the first game because it was about six hours long. And by the way, Morley and D- uh, Dave, they, man, they were, that's a tough situation they were in that night. And then I didn't see the game last week. So tonight I'm going to be able to watch the game from start to finish, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. I want to see what this Eskimo team is all about because I don't think they were the team we saw last week. I mean, their offense wasn't going either. We all pick on the defense, but they were taking a lot of deep shots down the field. They couldn't get anything going in the short game. So we'll see if they can establish the run like you were talking how's about there, there with Brock as well. How's their O-line? How's okay. Ha- yeah. I mean, Hamilton got to Riley a little bit last week, but yeah. they were able to throw the deep long ball numerous times, so I guess the, the, o, the O-line was able to hold up for those, so that's a good sign, but they just couldn't hit on anything, and yeah. Hamilton was giving them those long shots. You know, um, in the total sports days, when Rick was the, 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 CEO, of the, or the CEO of the team and Machocha was the general manager, I mean, there was a time, I kid you not, there was a time that I used to talk to Danny probably three nights a week when he was, when he was the head coach of the team, and... Uh, Often on his drive home from the office at the end, but at that time I was doing you know play by play of Golden Bears football, Canada West football, was going to junior games all the time. I mean I I couldn't name a kid right now in junior football in the city. And back in the mid two thousands, I could probably give you sixteen of the twenty four starters on both the Wildcats and the, the Huskies were pretty good there for and the Wildcats had some good years as well. Uh, and then with U of A, I mean, I, I knew the entire team inside and out, right? Because it was the SID at the school at the time. But uh, it's just, you, you get so immersed, obviously, in the NHL stuff. And I'm still a huge call. And guess what? The order schedule this year? Unbelievable for college football. You ready for this? <laughs> so you're saying you might catch some games on the road? We are in Arizona on January 2nd. The Fiesta Bowl is in... Uh, Glendale on January 1st. We are in San Jose on January the 9th, and the NCAA championship game is in San Francisco on January the 8th. Wow. <laughs> Was that the first thing you looked for when you... Uh, uh, that, the and then I cro- yes, uh, yes, it is one of the first things I look for. And then I cross-reference uh, the Golden Bears hockey schedule with the Oilers schedule. Okay. And then, I, and then the Oil Kings schedule. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's good for you. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, so, you went a few years ago to the National Chat. I did, and I was out with some individuals last night at an establishment that does not sponsor the show, so we don't give them a free plug. Uh, it's City South Side, and uh, we had a good chuckle over it because I think we're going to go to both games. So you, you know one of the guys that I was out with, so it should be a good time. When we come back, I'm going to get to a couple more text messages. Uh, again, a revisit on this day in order's history, and I'm going to tell a story along the way. On, uh, on somebody telling me the moment the Oilers won the lottery 
that Taylor Hall's days in Edmonton were numbered. This is Oilers Now. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca. Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports certificate of authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton show. Showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 150 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. The best pizza in the city is Royal Pizza. It's old school big boy pizza. Everything's real at Royal. None of that synthetic crap. Okay? You can visit royalpizza.ca for location nearest you, where the Stoffer recommendation at Royal Pizza is the Mediterranean chicken, though the meat lovers is outstanding as well. Pizza passed us so much more. It's Royal Pizza at royalpizza.ca. Again, you can text us at 630-630. The Fizzler, we've not heard from him for a while. Bob, you really haven't given your opinion on the Taylor Hall trade. I assume that means you agree with the rest of the world that it was awful, but you don't want to make Peter Shirelli look any worse. I know the Fizzler is usually wrong, but I feel I'm pretty close on this one. That comes to us from the Fizzler. RP says, and the revisionist history of the Taylor Hall grows and grows. So many left wanting more when he was here and documented issues many forget. I don't hate the guy. And I think the media go easy on him because he's a nice kid. I just wish there was a more accurate take on his strengths and weaknesses, which led to his trade. That one came to us from RP. Um, Taylor wasn't perfect when he was here. I think he's grown up, but he was pretty good while he was here. I think that needs to be stated. Uh, he he's never going to be the greatest practice player because there's a philosophy, a family philosophy about saving your best for the games, and nobody could deny the energy level that he brought on a shift by shift basis. It was a uh, trade of hitting for pitching in a baseball vernacular. Okay. Now the question is: Did the Oilers get a number one starter back for a cleanup hitter? Well, I think we could certainly debate that. I will leave you with this. And, Brendan, here's where you can uh, jump in as well. Who has not called the show since Taylor Hall was traded? A big fan of Taylor Hall, I believe, Daily Doug. So after the uh, Edmonton Oilers won the lottery on April 18th of uh, 2015, on the show on the Monday... We got a text to 6.30, from Daily Doug and a call later that day. And he actually said Taylor Hall will be traded within the next 15 months by the Edmonton Oilers. And I laughed at him. Didn't believe that that would happen. It did. Today's the anniversary. It happened two years ago. Adam Larson was outstanding for Edmonton. In 2016-17, he had a tough uh, season last year. So did the whole Oilers hockey team. He closed it out pretty well. Strong argument can be made that uh, Adam Larson was the Oilers' best defenseman at the end of uh, last season. Uh, We'll see what transpires over the course 
of the free agency weekend. So I'm going to put a question on you right now. Do you envision the Oilers spending more than $2 million on one UFA, Brendan, over the weekend? Well, if they can, you know, execute some sort of trade maybe, but I would say no. It's the only way it's going to happen, yeah. right? So we'll see. I know never Dustin Nielsen has just tweeted out something on jo- uh, Joe Colburn. Uh, two years ago, the Oilers were in on Colburn. He signed a two-year deal of $2.5 million with the Colorado Avalanche. He was part of a slow Avalanche team, slowest team in the league during the 2016-17 team. They farmed him out last year. He had an injury-riddled campaign. Uh, a two-way deal would make sense for Colburn, but there's something there with the player. Might make sense if uh, you're talking a guy at 650 on an NHL deal and maybe 300 on an AHL deal to potentially be a first line center in the American Hockey League as well. Maybe that could make some sense. Again, Mark Spector with Kyle Brodziak today. I think the Brodziak signing likes, likely boxes out a guy like Jason Chimera, though I personally would have time for uh, Jason Chimera. I mentioned Lance Boma only because he was a teammate. Uh, well, first of all, he's a character guy. Secondly, uh, he is an aggressive player, and that might allow you to maybe move another sort of bottom six forward that brings some energy in that regards as well. Uh, but uh, a, f- a former teammate of Milan Lucic. It's going to be interesting. Uh, we do have a show on Monday. Reed Wilkins is in the other studio. Reed, just as we wrap up, we're going to pop you on here. If anything of significance transpires on Sunday, we are going live. Is we'll, that cr- we'll do some sort of a show. All right. Well, yep. and I hope you enjoy tonight because apparently you don't have to do your show tonight. You I don't. Up? There's a football game. I just was at the uh, Brick Invitational okay. kickoff news conference. Ryan Smith's son, Alex, is on Team Brick Alberta. Yeah. A right shot center. He is not a left winger. Okay. Well, you know, hopefully he's uh, got his dad's uh, puck tipping abilities and competitiveness, but he's a little bit better skater because then he'll play 1,600 games instead of 1,200. <laughs> That's right. All right. Awesome stuff, Reed. Uh, Brendan, have a great weekend. This wraps up the Friday edition of Oilers Now. Brother, my brother, you can know that. Up next, a news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Followed by the 6.30 Chet afternoon news of Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. And then right into the Eskimo pregame show with Morley Scott, Dave Campbell, Brendan Ulrich, and a cast of thousands. Have a great weekend, everybody.